This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Hey, welcome to the second live edition of the EM Weekly Show. Excited to be doing lives. Um, it was a decision that we kind of went forward for to uh, just to kind of bring some additional exposure to emergency management uh, and some interaction as well. Because when you're here on the live show uh, through the so different, whether you're on if you're watching it on Facebook, whether you're watching it on uh, YouTube. You can interact with us, ask us questions, and I think it's going to bring a different dynamic to the show and uh, with what we're doing here with Ian Weekly. And today I have with me uh, Dan Scott, who I've got to know better over the last uh, year or so. We've, we've known each other for a couple years now, but uh, last few years or last year or so we've become uh, friends. We were, went to the Executive Academy together over at the EMI. Uh, we were on the same, uh, on the same team. Uh, team six, go team six, right? And team uh, six. <laughs> and uh, we worked on a really cool project with uh, uh, public warning notification systems, and 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 so Dan's a very uh, well-rounded emergency manager, uh, and we'll let him introduce himself here in, in a minute. Uh, but first, I want to kind of bring in some sad news, and in the world of emergency management, you know, when one of our own uh, pass away. Uh, it it's, doesn't make the news, right? We, we don't see parades. Uh, we don't see uh, huge events that are happening. Um, it's just sort of amongst ourselves. Uh, we, we know who the, the leaders are. We know who the thought leaders are in emergency management, and we lost one on Monday. Um, There's David uh, McIntyre um, from the Bush School of Public Policy. And he was the founding director of Homeland Security Graduate Certificate Programs um, at the Bush School of Public Policy and really developed the Homeland Security track and has written uh, multiple books on emergency management and homeland security. And he's been, he was working on a series, a four-volume series, um, uh, when he passed. And so there's some unfinished work that's out there coming from him. And uh, it's, it's really sad. And I actually spoke to a couple of people that, that know him um, well, and it was a, it came kind of a shock, and, and, and I know he was dealing with some personal health issues, uh, but it looked like he was coming out of the woods on it, and and unfortunately he succumbed to uh, that that aspect of it. But Daniel, you you worked or not worked with, but you were at the Higher Education Symposium online, and you got to hear some of what he had to say, and, and I know that you know his work a little bit better. What do you think about this? You know, I mean, the shocking news with losing um, with David uh, on Monday. 
Well, like you said, I didn't know him. I didn't know him personally. You know, I've got, I've gotten to see him speak a few times, but when I heard the news on Monday uh, or Tuesday, actually, um, it was it's kind of like a punch in the gut. You just heard him talk. I just heard him talk literally a week ago today, um, and and hearing him talk was was a great pleasure. You know, and the way they did the the higher ed symposium this year was it was done via Zoom uh, online because of the because of COVID nineteen. Um, so his uh, his audience was uh, huge, and um, you hear you hear. He's just got such a great reputation in the industry, and even in his in his talk, he talked about how um, he was getting over getting over some some health issues, and you know he was getting ready to start start working again, start writing in his uh, uh, start finishing the, the his volumes, and and I was excited to hear him talk. I mean, to hear him talk was was a great pleasure. I mean, um, to know his his history in in Homeland Security and how he brought that into emergency management and all the uh, lives he's changed in teaching. Um, and he's, he's, he's developed a lot of curriculum uh, that we still use today. Now, I, you know, when we talk about the, the emergency manager purist, if you will, we talk about, you know, what it means to be an emergency manager. And, and it's kind of how we've been folded into Homeland Security over the last few years. And there's a little bit of bleed over on either side of it. But it seems like reading what McIntyre has done that he he sees that there's a I don't want to say a divide in a negative way, but there's definitely a division in responsibilities and jobs uh, of the two. What's it, what was his philosophy on, on that? Well, he, he wanted to, he wanted to um, bring everybody together. He wanted everybody to work as a team. And even in his talk last week, he made a point to, to say that and say um, how it was our responsibility uh, to learn different aspects of the, of the profession so that we could apply it. And not only that, teach others to apply it um, he was very he's very deliberate and, and when he spoke about how if he didn't know something he learned it and he would take the time to to go after those who were masters in it who were experts in it and learn from them so that he could apply it in his in his practicing but also in his teaching so his he wanted everybody he wanted everybody to go out of their way to work together to learn what everybody else was doing so that they could work better in collaboration uh, together and it was, and it was very apparent in his in his uh, in his talk last week that that's what he believed. When we lose a, a thinker like David, um, somebody who is pushing the profession forward, um, you, you know, it, it, again, you get taken aback a little bit, and it just kind of shows that uh, we need to we need to really, really, really uh, have great thinkers in. In emergency management, in homeland security, uh, you, you know, and and really push it forward because we we have a new generation coming up behind us, and we're going to kind of segue into a little bit why we have Daniel here as well. Um, you know, we have a new generation coming up behind us. I think I should say I think I, I know I, I could just from the research everything that's going on. Emergency management is, is changing, changing on a regular basis. You, you know, we we have it's no longer the acceptable to have uh, somebody who isn't trained in the field of emergency management to sit in the role as a manager for either, you know, your city, county, or, or, or local jurisdiction. Um, so what does that mean with that void? Who can fill that void? Who, I mean, we don't have a name necessarily, but what type of person can come back and fill that void that David is now left with his passing? I think ultimately each individual should be tasked with filling that void, uh, especially in their own office, building, 
um, building additional leaders, building additional emergency management professionals to, to go out and to better and protect the, the communities in which they serve or which they will serve if they, you know, with, the, with EM, you find that a lot of it, it it's, a, it's, it's mobile. You know, you get you can get uh, moved all over the place. Even if you're in one office, you can go lend a hand in another jurisdiction. So it's 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 definitely uh, a benefit for you as an individual that is practicing EM, working in EM to build the others up around you, but to also make yourself the best EM you can be. Um, and you find that pretty pretty often in emergency management, at least right now, um, that they're stagnant. They they get a little bit of complacency. Um, something doesn't happen for a long time and you kind of let yourself fall back into something. You got to be constantly, you got to be, it's got to be a conscious choice uh, to make yourself better. There are various different places where emergency managers can go and get trained, um, you know, in the, in the, in the craft. I'll I'll go further that further and call it a craft, right? Uh, You can take courses at EMI, uh, Harvard with the NPLI, um, you have the Bush School with their certificate in Homeland Security, uh, where I teach at UCI uh, with the certificate in emergency management um, as well. Um, you know, there's places where we can go to get education. So there's, and a lot of these places are online as well. And that's not even saying you have to go and get a master's or a PhD in emergency management or, you know, if you already have your degree. You know, there's places to go and learn. And, and also just, I mean, just like I said, there's a reason why I have a reading list, right, here at EM Weekly is, is to read the books, read what's coming out. Uh, and like like David's books here that are, you know, he had, four, he had a four-series book coming out. Obviously, um, you know, he only had two of them completed. But that being said is, is reading those things and, and learning from each other and, and having this open dialogue. And, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to put Ian weekly on that plane, but you know, to be able to, to learn from each other. And I think this is a great, um, um, avenue for doing this, but we're going to be moving a little bit more into, again, uh, more into the education, if you will, or the, or the student or the lifelong learner, as you will, with, revamping and relaunching the EM student show with Daniel as our host. So first of all, Daniel, thank you for stepping up and and taking the reins of that show. I know you and I spoke about this a long time ago when we were at EMI about how we can get you more involved uh, with growing emergency management. And I think that this is a really great avenue for you. So what's your philosophy on taking EM student forward? Well, first, just let me say thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity to do so. I feel, I feel, you know, I'm grateful that I was chosen to be, be the individual that you want to move the show forward with. Um, but my philosophy is going to be, you know, um, just how do I, how can I make people better um, at emergency management, but also uh, implementing leadership and other other aspects of our our day to day duties in emergency management or homeland security, or even if if it's if it's a secondary function, uh, how do you make yourself better? Being that lifelong learner, as we as we as you just mentioned, um, I think that, like I said earlier, that's a conscious choice that we make to to continue to to make ourselves better, and by making ourselves better, we can make others better, um, and that's a big philosophy of mine: is to how do I make others better? How do I how do I make um, better EMs, better, better people, better at their jobs, whether it is emergency management or not. How do I build people up? And I think with emergency management in general, one, one of the reasons why um, I, I really wanted to jump at this opportunity was um, as to build, to, 
to concentrate on those who want to come in and learn EM and the foundations. And it's great for even those who have been in the in the industry for 20 years to still go back to the foundations and learn the foundations um, and, and keep yourself refreshed on those. And things change. Like you said earlier, uh, emergency management, it's an ever-changing field. It's constantly growing. We're in our infancy as a profession. Um, so we need to continue growing that as a person, as our individuals as well, so that we can make the profession better. So that's my whole goal is how do I build upon the, the knowledge of an EM, but also give them extra tools that they would need that they may not know about. And you find that even, even experienced emergency managers don't know the simplest things of where to go get certain education like EMI or the Center for Domestic Preparedness, those places that are there that are free grant funded courses that they could go attend that they don't even they didn't never heard of so how do we get that word out and i want to go one step further to say that hey i put em weekly on that that field of being able to educate people on emergency management and to keep moving that forward uh, each show you do gets better it helps build people right and that's what i want to do with the em student well let's take a quick break and when we come back i want to discuss the future of emergency management education and where you see it going Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we're always inventing new technology to help people stay safe and help people who can provide help get connected with people who need help. At Titan HST, we've deployed mesh networking, allowing emergency communication even when networks are down, augmented reality, and real-time translation. We believe in the power of people to help each other stay safe and thrive. Welcome back from that quick ad. And, you know, without, you know, Titan HST is our, is our sponsor right now. Without them, we could not bring you the quality content that we have. So please check them out. You know, just go to the, you know, TitanHST.com, click on the link, you know, just see what they got going on there. There's some really cool stuff that they have coming out specifically with, uh, to help everybody open back up with trace tracking, uh, density monitoring, uh, TMED, if you will, for the, uh, tech, uh, for the, uh, for medicine, for remote medicine, it's it's a really it's a great product, a great team, uh, and uh, I'm proud to be uh, part of them and, and and being sponsored by by Titan HST. Daniel, before we jumped onto the break, you know, I alluded to the fact that there's a the state of of emergency management education is is changing, and so much so that we've seen programs come and go. Um, one of the PhD programs that were out there for a PhD in emergency management, I think one of the only pure ones that were out there, uh, there's only a couple, um, has closed their doors uh, after this semester. What is the state of emergency management education? And or or let me let me be bold and ask this question: Should we even be looking at curriculum that's emergency management only in it, at the PhD level. Absolutely. I mean, there, even when you say EM, EM only, I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into EM that it, it could, it can be a topic that, that it can be molded to EM. So absolutely. I feel that, that uh, there should be PhD programs out there that are, that are d- designated for EM. Uh, but what we find is that it's, it's, and I think I mentioned this to you before in a previous conversation, it's not necessarily uh, in uniform. You see programs who are PhDs in emergency management, doctorates of emergency management. Then you got those that are emergency management, homeland security, disaster management, crisis management, whatever they call it. 
the concepts are there. They want it to be emergency management and they want you to apply it in emergency management. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel that, but I, what I, what I personally believe is I believe there needs to be more uh, practitioner and, and those who between the practitioner and those who teach it, uh, there needs to be more collaboration between uh, those who develop the curriculum and those who are out there doing it every day. And I think there's a divide right now. And I know that there's a big push to, to, to close that divide, mm-hmm. to, to bring that barrier and close, you know, remove it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I attend uh, the higher ed symposium uh, is because a lot of the individuals that are attending that are the, the instructors, the teachers that they go out and they have programs at their institutions right. and they teach emergency management. And as a practitioner, and especially one who's trans transitioning into uh, higher ed to, to be more of a, a teacher, um, I want to help build uh, to bridge that gap um, between the, between the two. There is there is a there is a divide there, and even and in both sides know it. They know right. there's a divide between what's taught and what's practiced, and how do we bring the, bring that together? And EMI uh, their higher ed uh, program has done a great job, and um, there I think this year uh, was one of the best turnouts simply because um, of the Zoom. Zoom has changed the world now <laughs> you got to say that being able to teleconference has changed the world um, and it took COVID-19 to, to do that and it doesn't change the fact that it may it feels good to be able to walk into a room shake someone's hand sit down and have a conversation but it it, it opens up doors and what it did with this year is a lot more people were able to watch these uh, these conversations and watch these presentations and mm-hmm. expand on their on their their thinking a little bit on on teaching absolutely you know, I was teaching my my final class yesterday for the semester at UCI, and uh, we we discussed emergency operations centers and and technology and and how uh, during this COVID crisis there were emergency operations centers EOCs that were set up, um, and I'm putting them in air quotes here for those of you that listen watching the podcast or not watching but listening. Um, it, it, the they were virtual EOCs, right? I mean, the, I mean, web EOC and, and that type of technology has been around for a long time. Um, but using Zoom or, or any other kind of conferencing uh, software actually opens up that the ability to, to you know, react and to support, you know, remotely. So uh, I, I just think those of us in emergency management need to embrace technology. But yes, going back to what your point was, is this is also opening the ability for those of us that are on the West Coast to teach people that are on the East Coast, right? Um, a matter of fact, in my class, I had some students that were in Boston uh, this uh, this time around. So, so yeah, I think it's interesting to be able to share ideas and not, and not to be stovepiped uh, when it comes into it. Um, Michael on, on Facebook, he uh, comes out and he's, he's he's a great guy. Done a lot of he does a lot of good work in emergency management. Uh, he he writes as well and, and has a really great series um, on the uh, Sounding Magazine. And uh, he he says you know know your history, right? And uh, absolutely, Michael, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Is is know the history and know where we've come from and and don't forget that we can still learn from from those you know the the, the uh, civil defense era, right, uh, and when we when we started, but however, I think it's interesting that when you see articles that are in the emergency management magazine that talks about how these great retirements that are occurring, this this generation shift, and that we're losing the institutional knowledge of of emergency managers that are that are moving on, 
And, and I, I kind of want to call BS on that a little bit. It's an older, older story. I think I've spoke about it last year as well. But I think if, as we move people from from being practitioner EMs into education, I think that's very important. But I also think like, you know, and I'm going to pick on Michael again because he, he chimed in. You know, Mike retired. He now does a bunch of different things in the community with his um, online uh, magazine and uh, and the videos that they produce that are really well done. Uh, it's mostly about the Bay Area and, and whatnot, but it's still some really cool stuff and it can be shared across um, the emergency management world. I think it's the idea that that we do have institutional knowledge that we can share with the next generation, generation coming up behind us, that we don't repeat the same mistakes you know, um, and that's why you need to know the history of what happened in the past. And I think it's very, very important for us to have quality instructional um, institutions that are teaching what emergency management is, what the past mistakes were, and how we can always learn and get better. And we see this in fire, we see this in law, we see this in EMS and other public safety agencies that have that institutional knowledge. And I think. Having, you know, like um, Amanda Wins, for instance, who is a great writer and, and a thinker in emergency management yourself um, and uh, a couple other people that are out there that, that I'm losing their mind. And I'm sorry that I forgot to, to mention you. Uh, <laughs> David McIntyre, not the one who just passed away, but the the spelled differently um, out of uh, out of Utah. You know, uh, his writings are fantastic as well. You, you know, we need to learn from each other, and, and I think it's very important to really um, build upon the work that David McIntyre, who just passed away on Monday, what he has done, and, and build upon that and uh, and be be better. Being better is the key. I mean, you got to constantly. But like I said, it's a conscious decision. You got to make that decision intentionally every day to be better. And not everybody wants to do that. Everybody get a little, you know, they're comfortable. They get comfortable. But as we've seen right now with the with what's going on in the country, nobody's comfortable anymore. <laughs> so it changed. It changed a, a lot. And, and a lot of people who were in positions and should not have been there um, have been discovered. And that's going to change the type of people that going forward. Uh, are filling these positions. You know, I had a, one of my students uh, who's trying to get a job, and he, he after getting his uh, bachelor's degree in emergency management, he got his master's in public health, and he was um, applying for a city job. And one of the questions that was asked of him is with his degree of choice of public health, and they said, well, do you think this is, you know, a useful degree for a city? And he, he explained why he thought it was was useful. And one of the people on the panel kind of looked at him scoffingly and said, well, it's a little overkill, don't you think? And kind of left it at that. And I think that, I don't know who this person was, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't, there's just a story here and coming from this one guy. But the point is, is if that's a true story, and we'll just take it for what it is, that we need to, as emergency managers, start thinking outside of the typical ICS box outside of what NIMS and SIMS is, outside of filling out paperwork specifically for, uh, you, you know, the, the, the past uh, events and, and training safely, right? And obviously, when we talk about the gray rhinos in the room, like a pandemic, um, and if you looked at some of the training that we did where people scoffed at the idea that we could have this worldwide pandemic, 
uh, they're being proved wrong. So can this event, can the global pandemic, can the, you know, nationwide or worldwide protests, if you will, for the George Floyd issue, can those make us stronger as emergency managers and more resilient as a community? And can we build upon this um, and, and, and move forward? What do you think? Absolutely. And I think, I think we would be doing a disservice if we didn't take this, um, this event and turn it into a way to make our community better and more resilient the next time around. This isn't the only time that something like this is going to happen. And the, the biggest absolute that I hate hearing is that's never going to happen here. <laughs> well, guess what? It happened, right? It yeah. happened in the, the whole, the whole world, but just, just think about just our country shut down. Like we, we shut down. We shut the doors. We we pretty much closed everything that we could think of, except for essential services. And then that even even what was essential services? Every even that was in the air. What was what was going to be allowed? What was not? Who would have ever thought? Right? This is never going to happen here. It happened, and it's definitely going to change the face of EM. But it's going to change if you don't take advantage of this as an emergency manager, as a as a leader of your community to make your community better more resilient for the next time something large like this happens you're not doing your job you know when we're talking about the the protests um and the riots if you will civil unrest or it, it hit at least in in california i can't talk about every other state but it hit every almost every community i mean even my tiny little town that i live in uh they had a uh a protest uh, March it was very peaceful. There's no throwing rocks or anything like that, but they still did, right? I mean, a couple hundred people, you know, rallied together and walked down the street to the police station and did the silence of, you know, taking the knee and whatnot. But the point is, is like, you know, ten years ago, five years ago, two years ago, if somebody said, "Oh, you're gonna have those type of protests in your town," I would say, "Oh, you're crazy." You know, this is a tiny little. Who cares? No one's gonna come over here to protest. There's nothing to protest here, necessarily. Right. But it, it did hit every every neighborhood, if you will, you know. Um, and, and so, again, They're linked what was that they're linked. I mean, you got to think that the covid-19 and the protests were linked. A lot of what the what happened. I mean, you've got to think about that because then you had the controversy of why are, is everybody gathering with covid-19, mm-hmm. even though it, it was a great reason to, to protest. It was I can't I can't deny that. But then the controversy wrote, and it's still going. Uh, how do you get? How do you justify so many people being in one place with COVID nineteen? We had our we had a protest here. Uh, it started here on our campus because I work on a, on a college campus. Started on campus and it went downtown, and that was the biggest uh, complaint we got as a as a you know, as a uh, college was, how could you allow that to happen? Well, why would we? Why would we not? <laughs> right. The, you know. So, right. Um, so yeah, they're linked. Yeah, I wrote a piece um, that was titled um, along the lines of, can we, well, no, no, can we? We can. We absolutely have to be able to protect the First Amendment rights of people. Um, and we can also, and it's not mutually exclusive to stop rioters, right? I mean, we can we can do both. Um, so, I mean, and, and you're right. But I go, going back to where you said they're they're linked, that's one of my contentions as well is that, um, that everything that's been going on with COVID with everybody being pent to the, you know, the frustration 
uh, levels are high already with not being at work, not knowing, being confused, uh, mixed messages coming across. And I think with the the issue that happened with, with George Floyd uh, gave people the the catalyst, if you will, to go to the streets. You know, uh, I know it was, it was interesting to see some of the pundits complain um, about the people who, and I hate saying it this way, but this is the, what what their words are: the right leaning um, protesters that were out there, you know, protesting, you know, give me my job back and open the beaches, and I don't want a haircut. You know, they were like they were very down on them, but yet, you know, when when these protesters came out for this, rightfully so. And and by the way, I. I agree with the, the protest portion of it, you know, that the, the the people are frustrated with some of the issues that are going on out there, um, you know, for them to come out and protest. It wasn't, you know, the media sometimes kind of spins things different ways. But that being said, some of the stuff that we have to prepare for as emergency managers, we have to take a look at this saying, when can things, you know, get a little, a little dicey? Again, Michael chimes in and he talks about the uh, Y2K uh, similarities. Oh, man, I remember getting prepared for, for Y2K. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, with the again, thinking outside the box, even though Y2K ended up being a big nothing, um, you know, we had to be prepared for it, right? Because if we didn't, if we weren't prepared for it, if we didn't have EOCs activated, if we weren't upping... Um, you know, emergency managers and and fire and law enforcement for that day with the potential of things going sideways. I mean, we weren't even sure if the electrical grid was going to stay up during that time. You know, um, well, that's it, the question too. Is it? It did. Did it not? Did nothing happen, or did all the preparation we do leading up to it fix it? That's the I, yeah. question, people. Yeah, that, so. you're you're right. You're you're right. That's the question that's always asked. Yeah, did we fix it? I I I can say yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of like that whole thing of when you do saturation patrol you know and you go oh that was a bunch of police officers driving around for no particular reason and it didn't do anything or did it prevent you know that's that's the question to ask oh man so i know we're getting here closer to the uh to the end of our 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 broadcast here you know we try to stay within that 30 minute window i want to thank you so much for for stepping up and, and taking on the role for uh for em student um you know, I'm excited to relaunch this show. Uh, we'll be launching here in a uh, in a couple of weeks. Michael, as always, it's I'm chiming in with you and 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 hearing your comments. It's uh, it's always nice to hear uh, comments down there. And please, when we're doing the EM Weekly Lives, please jump on, uh, comment, ask questions. Let's make this thing an, an open dialogue with everybody back and forth. Um, you know, we're going to be having our guests on here. You can ask good questions to them as well. And it makes us for so much more of a dynamic show than just me sitting here running my mouth talking to other people. Daniel, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me.